Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, CJ. Hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's going to be the new year, and we're starting off as, like, a super fruity new year for all of us here at Rogue. So, welcome, Cowboy. You can find Cowboy. He's lurking in the Blue Oyster. Actually, it's called the Rogue News Discord. And you can, like, find him over there. It's totally awesome. Like I'm almost reverting to a British accent as I'm doing my gay guy thing. Jeez. You're like a valley gay. Yeah. <laughs> valley gay. Anyway, folks, roguenews.com. Hope all y'all doing great. Uh, we're getting geared up for the new year. Follow us, roguenews.com. Uh, Check us out on Twitter, at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever where you want us to be. And you can catch Cowboy. He's always getting into the Discord and if you need to get into the Discord yourself, just email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com, CJ at roguenews.com. And with that being said, gentlemen, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, so V, uh, you sent me a text, and I'm not sure I understand it. You said that you love gay tech. Yes. That's, that's... <laughs> I love gay that's tech. concerning. It's very disconcerting. <laughs> very. Is is it like uh like a uh what do you call it a metaverse thing or? Yeah, it's a metaverse thing. You know, you 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 you, you don't get that cowboy because you're not in the metaverse, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> no, clearly I would not know. <laughs> I'm I'm happy that I don't know. Oh man. Anyway, brother, we are uh, we're like. 48 hours. Two two more days and then it's the new year, man. Are you excited? Oh, uh, that was a you know, speaking of new year end of year, that was a great round table yesterday. Um what I kind of knew the backgrounds of all the guys in there, but what's Alex's like where is he from and what's his background? Cuz that guy Alex is a hedge fund, he was a former hedge fund manager, uh Craner Analytics was is his uh, current occupation. He runs analysis. He's a very top uh trader and he lives in Monaco. Oh, nice! Yeah, that tells Dude. you everything on how good the guy is. He lives in Monaco. Yeah, if you period you're in Monaco, <laughs> period. <laughs> that's like that's like the Dubai of Italy. Hell yeah, man! 
or is it in France? In France, France. France, yeah. Yes. Well, Monaco's a principality in France, right? Yep. The principalities in this. Yep. That's, that's from Friday. Yeah. That's uh, that's big worm. This is the principle of the thing. The principalities up in this. Yeah, you didn't. You're from New York. You didn't care about Friday. That was a West Coast thing. Yeah, I liked Friday really? though, man. You kidding me? You I, like I, I enjoyed everybody I knew growing up back in the in the in the nineties and the early aughts. We all loved Friday. What's well, a Spike Lee joint? So Spike yeah. Lee's uh, he's out of New York, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great movie. Um, like a lot of critics have looked back and said that as far as how movies are written, it's a very well written movie. <laughs> like the way the characters are are characters are introduced and built up and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm a huge Cat Williams fan, so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great man Friday yeah cat williams like you know 15 20 years ago uh, was, he was giving uh chris rock a run for his money back in the day i still love his uh his original comedy specials man it's it's oh it's, yeah cat williams is hilarious oh every my day God. i'll be hustling hustling exactly yeah cat williams is hilarious i apologize for the low energy v this morning i Woke up dumb late because I went to sleep dumb late. And literally, I woke up at like 10.46, man. I was like, holy shit, I got a show to do. No, 10.36. I was like, holy shit, I got a show to do. I don't know what happened, man. It's one of those days. It's just like, it's dark outside. It's raining. And I was just like, I just slept. You're such I, a Manhattan rat, dude. The, you won't give up East Coast time, even though you're in Central. No, I'm, I'm still on East Coast time here. Are you? So, I thought, oh, so you're Indiana. That's still yeah. East Coast time. Huh? So I have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh, that's well you don't what you mean is you don't need an excuse i don't yeah well yeah you know low energy v dude like i need it you know you know really, what it is years over and it's like no one's around i really don't have any make any phone calls i'm like you know what it's it's just a a, a low energy kind of day man you know it's like the kind of day you just want to just go out and have a pizza or something and just watch the world you know go what it is? you're just you're so full of it, dude. You, you overused mean? your gay tech overnight. That's why you don't have the <sighs> man. You, you got me there, bro. You got me yeah. there. The gay tech got to gay you. tech. It took me out, bro. Yeah, got to stop using the gay tech. <laughs> gay tech. That's what my father told me. <laughs> that's a good Irish one, man. <laughs> Scottish. Scottish. Yeah, that's right. Smack you for that. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Aren't you like part Scottish or something? Yeah. Yeah, how do you how do you I reconcile got... the Sicilian side and the Scottish side? That's that's a problem. No, so they're about the same. I mean, they're they're yeah, they both like to drink and fight. So I guess that is yeah, fun. they're they're like Irish. I mean, you know, you know how like uh, Italians say, oh yeah, that he's a tough Irishman, but they're actually talking about an Italian. Um, that joke comes from the fact that Irish and Italian are very similar. The Catholic, they drink, they fight, yeah, they hate each other, bro. They, they hate, used they to hate each other, each other back in the day because the 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 Irish put the Italians in a pickle when they came to New York. That was a big thing back yeah, in the Yeah, but they had to fall back to Boston, though. Um, yeah, they had to because the Italians got pissed off. Like, hey, we had enough of this. And that was that. You see these freaking Irish over there? See them over there standing around? Yeah, what the you bridge? do a Joe Pesci accent, dude? Do you have Joe Pesci? You dumb motherfucker! You! <laughs> you're going you're to come to my city, huh? You're going to stand on my bridge? You stupid motherfucker, you! <laughs> yeah, that's like the best Joe Pesci. Impression ever. <laughs> you what? Will you call my friend a faggot? Huh? Now you're on the ground crying, huh? Gonna stab you in the fucking neck with a fucking pen. 
It's turning to cuss with guts. Dude, right? that is a good Joe Pesci, bro. <laughs> it's like the oh my God. pissed off casino Joe Pesci. Dude, I love it. Joe Pesci, yeah, every so... single one of his roles is pissed off. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he's... Love Pesci. He's, uh, Pesci representing the Bronx. He had a, uh, a restaurant in, uh, in Little Italy one time. That's how he, oh, he that was discovered. Real? Oh, yeah. He was discovered. He was a restaurant owner. And he had the restaurant because his daughter was sick and he was, you know, doing everything he can to support his child. And I think it was, um, I forgot who discovered, I think it was De Niro who was in the restaurant and, and they struck up a conversation, became friends, and that's how he got in the business. Oh, yeah. I love those, those two, guys, man. Like... Pesci, De Niro, Pacino. I mean, fuck uh, De Niro's political views. I can care less. But as an actor, De Niro is awesome. Pacino, well, bro. Oh, my God. Minutes, Al Pacino, though. bro. I tell you. Pacino's De Niro woke up for like five minutes. Uh, I guess his kid ended up with a uh, what he thought was a uh, schmack sheen injury, you know, a jab injury. Oh, <laughs> really? Something like that. And then he uh, he did like a movie jib jab. about the jib that. Jib jab, jib jab. Yeah, yeah, he did a Jibby Jab movie, and uh, and then they canceled him from like the Con Festival, and they started. Oh, I remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. So he started, you know, he he bent over and and started uh, kissing the ring again. Lost a lot of respect for him over that. Of course, a real coward. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that's how they get you, though. You know, you you start to make all that money in their system, and uh, you know. They can just take that away like they did with Kanye. And, you know, they lost Adidas. Uh, they lost. I heard Kanye just, have, uh, he, he's trying to go to what is left of the Payless headquarters, trying to stuck up a, a deal with Payless. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got kicked out of Skechers, right? So he's going down the line. I heard he's looking at LA Gear next. <laughs> he's looking at McGregor's. Remember LA you know. Gear? <laughs> McGregor's, dude. He's looking at British Knights. British Knights. Remember British Knights, <laughs> LA Gear back in the day? Are you gonna oh, get yeah, Nike's dude. Reeboks, Adidas? You got LA Gear or British Knights? Hey, that's what it was like in like the early nineties. Oh my the god! The light up, uh, the light up shoes, the LA lights that uh, lit up. You know how the little, and then like they had some story Jay where Kaiser some says Keds. Kanye, Kanye's Keds. gonna resurrect Keds. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I'm, I'm a, I'm the Black Steve Jobs. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, well, and just so you you have a clear idea of who runs shit, um, you know, Adidas had to cancel them, and they have like a half a billion dollars worth of inventory that are that are easy to just sitting there. I don't know. Can they sell it or no? I, I don't think so. I think they would get a black eye for it. I think they're looking to try to offload it in some way, um, you know. But I mean, he, he, I mean, look, Kanye. Yeah, he 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 hey, poked the John bear. Michael Clement. There's so many actors with, with uh, FU money. They should say FU. John, here's the secret, bro. And I think Tate said it best. There's no such thing as FU money in America unless you have access to the corruption. That's the only way you have FU money. Scam Bankman Fraud has FU money, even though he We're probably doesn't t- even have $100,000 to his name at this point. But he has oh, FU I don't money. Know. I think he's he has access to the fraud. And, bro, where's the news yesterday that I was trying to text you guys? Then I fell asleep, and it was so funny. It got it got stuck in its um, in its uh, uh, I, I forgot to send hit the send button, right? And it's because you're uh, too yeah. busy with the gay tech, dude. Do you cool with the gay tech, man? Jeez, <laughs> gosh, unreal, man. Let me let me let me pull this up. So look, this is I think I might have it up already on this on the screen share. How do you know? How how do you have it up? Are you are you telepathically communicating? 
that kind of guy. Oh, that that that's one of them. But watch this. This this is this is how you know the fix is in, folks. This is how you know the fix is in. Bang. How do you get a plea deal that quickly? Oh yeah, he's. I mean, look. We yeah, let me tell you this. this. I, I speak from experience. Okay, I have heard of individuals that ran family offices, this, that, and the other, that because of the dubious and spurious and really murky crypto laws that are in this country that keep changing every other Tuesday, you know, they were all of a sudden, you know, investigating him without any hard audits, without any like, uh, you know, looking into all, all of their, their, their financial dealings, just been on the, on the, uh, you know, tertiary evidence that they have. It took them two years to like throw, you know, two and a half years for them to like throw a, a, a plea deal at the, at, at this organization. And scam Gets it in like within 24 to 48 hours of touching down in the US of A, vegan tits over here gets a plea deal. That's how you know the fix is in, right? It's in. I'm telling you, next year you're going to see Scam talking about he's going to be on a TED tour, right? Doing like a TED talk, talking about what it's like dealing with mental health and being overworked. This kid. Yo, this is this is the kid who every time he's on a, a a a podcast or whatnot, he's playing League of Legends. Okay, I don't know anybody who works in the financial industry who doesn't work like a dog. Period. I don't know anybody. Yeah, Fifteen hours a day. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's Kevin. I worked on, I worked on Christmas. Hell yeah, Kevin. Let me ask you a question. Do you play League of Legends while you while you work? Well, you got Legends. fifteen screens going on in your head, man, and looking at like how many screens in front of you. Do you do you do you play League of Legends or World of Warcraft while you work? Uh, I don't have time to play checkers. Exactly. You ain't got time to play. You know, load up. You know, solitaire and play it on the computer. Right. You don't. You know. It's like, dude, this is ridiculous. This guy, every single interview, he's playing League of Legends. And he's talking about, I'm creating a disruptive, um, next generation, advanced AI analytic computer technology that's going to revolutionize the way that we do uh, business and trading and uh, do it in what I call ethical trading. And ethical trading is something that we at Alameda have done because it's disruptive. Nothing but word salad while he's playing League of Legends. And you got guys who are working in legacy finance and politicians and whatnot that are sitting there and they're literally jerking off to everything this kid is saying. Literally. Oh, my God. Scam. Well, you know, they have scam. a test you can, now. You can do that scam. They have, oh. they have, there's a physical test they do to see if you can get a plea deal. And what they do is they measure your excretion for elite DNA. So that's that's how he got it. And it's got to be Q, elite DNA CJ, that, that doesn't belong to you. CJ, cue the cricket sounds. <laughs> for what are for you FBF, my God, I swear. That, elite, that kid. elite DNA? <laughs> <laughs> JDM says, no, no, no. It's the measure of your cup size. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. So 30 was expected to get arraignment before... Um, I, January 3rd. Amazing. U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan, who is 
Okay, Lewis Kaplan. Okay, let me tell you about U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan. I have a colleague of mine, okay, who was defamed. He was lambasted by Luis Mensch, who was a, 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 a uh, MI6 operative posing as a journalist. She's an asset that works Luis for Uber MI6. Mensch? Uh, yeah, Uber Mensch, right? <clears throat> Luis Mensch. And she's a, a, one of these hypochondriac psychos who thinks that Vladimir Putin is hiding under her bed ready to kill her. She's one of those idiots, right? Russia, Russia, Russia. She's one of the chief architects in pushing the Russia hoax. Okay, they're one of the chief architects, Luis Mensch. She works for Bellingcat, right? And she went after my guy, defamed him the whole nine yards because, you know, because he ran a, 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 you know, he did some, he has some connections with Russians, obviously, but he's just a regular dude, right? And so he sued her for defamation because he's a prominent, uh, you know, in his, in his, uh, um, his field, Having a good reputation is very important. You can't be linked to stuff like scandals. It just it's 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 a career killer. So, <clears throat> so she did this to him. He compiles a mess of evidence. Okay, presents it to the judge. The judge threw out the case. Didn't even look at it. Threw the case out. That never happens, bro. This was in the Southern District Court of New York. Case was filed. Judge throws out throws out the case. Protecting Mansion Bellingcat. How do we know this? Lewis, you know, this judge, okay, is a deep state cleaner. That's how you know. Clue number two. Okay. Okay. And and, and yeah, this there should be a way because... to appeal that or to there should be something you can do about that. No, completely thrown out, man. Couldn't couldn't appeal it, nothing. It was it, it, it it's to the point it was just like couldn't get anywhere with it. But eventually the, but that, that's a side note, right? Forget his case for a second. The fact that the judges there in the Southern District Court run interference for the deep state should tell you everything there is to know. Prosecutors accused Bankman fraud of engaging in years long of fraud of epic proportions by using customer deposits to support his Alameda Research hedge fund. There's nothing research oriented about it, and there's nothing hedgy about his fund. Can we stop calling Alameda? Okay. Oh, there you go. There well, you, you know go. what Alameda was doing. Alameda was told, okay, so in, in the crypto world, like, if what's, <laughs> I have never done this for the official record, but if you happen to know somebody who works in an exchange and you know what coin is going to be listed on said exchange, and it is a very powerful exchange, all you have to do is just buy a bunch of that coin. And as soon as the listing happens, it's going to pump. And then you can sell it. So, you know, it's called insider trading. It's not legal. Well, Alameda. Hey, hey that's called the Nancy Pelosi special. Yeah. Okay. You know, the Pelosi crime family special. Right. So this is what Alameda was doing because of their relationship. Also known as the Pelosi pump. The pain. <laughs> I thought that had to do with something to pay that, the camera. That, that has to do with Nancy stock trading and Paul's, uh, si- you know, his uh, secret sexual escapades. Oh geez, <laughs> yeah. Called hide the hammer. That's just terrible. Um, yeah, it's this is basically, um, you know, uh, what's her name? The chick, the, Harry Potter. What's her name? The 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 girlfriend. Uh, what is her name? Uh, Ellison. Ellis. Ellison. Harry, we'll call her Harry Potter. And yeah, so Harry. she, 
she was the, you know, uh, I mean, she was probably, probably allegedly she was fed what coins were coming and just, you know, that's one of the ways they were able to make money, but they got so greedy that they wouldn't, that Sam Bakeman wouldn't capitalize FTX. He wouldn't recapitalize it. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's very clear. If you look, I, I don't want to cover freed too much. He's been covered so much. We know what it is. It's a effing scam. It was ran by the deep state to launder money. Allegedly. It's all allegedly. Allegedly. So I don't want to cover this anymore. Well, we, you know, you guys covered it yesterday. The what a beautiful too, couple. Like, as soon as he. Oh, yeah. They're they're. Awesome. I mean, look at it. I mean, this is like a match made in heaven. You got vegan tits over here. He looks constipated. Because he, he's vegan. That's why they're always constipated. They're miserable. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they're from morning till dusk. They spend their time consuming sugar. In its various different forms. That's what a vegan is. And so vegan tits here, you know, is filled with soy and estrogen and whatnot. And then this girl who is look, looks like a, a methamphetamine addict. Okay. <laughs> and these and they want you and the, <laughs> imagine the, their kid. The CIA wants you to believe that these two numbnuts who have the IQ to warm toast. Ran an elaborate ten billion dollar Ponzi scheme with over a hundred and twenty corporate entities at play, and these two idiots did it all by themselves, just like Bernie Madoff did it all by himself. Uh huh. Can you imagine those two's kid? No, I can't. Please don't scare me. I just <laughs> had my coffee. I don't want to vomit. I was trying to look for a picture, but I can't find one that's bad enough. Um, so let's skip over. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little frog here, ribbit. So, uh, just to kind of jump away from FTX, I, I've had FTX and Bankman Freed, uh, what's the word fatigue for like weeks. It, it is the gift that keeps giving, but uh, we know what it is allegedly. So, what I would do is just to go over some basic economic data. I've, I've thought we would kind of cover some real quick news and then just yeah, take a look now. at the charts. Over the, the the hell, uh, bank and fraud. I, I just brought them up to say that, Hey, the fix is in this idiot's got a quick, uh, just, you know, about the whole you know, system being already, it's, it's already sick. No, that's I'm legit, sick though. of it, man. I'm sick of, I'm sick of the injustice. I'm sick. Yeah, it's, of it. be, it's the same wherever you go. It just seems oh. to be worse here. You know, you go to some of the countries here, man. That's the, they've legalized corruption here. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, the difference here is that there's so much money flying around here that it's augmented, but it's it's the same wherever you go. Doesn't matter. There's gonna whoever runs the country is gonna protect their own. That's just the way of things. You know, I've long uh I, I'm not gonna say I'm happy with it, but there's sort of like a, where a level of corruption is acceptable. And I think we've far surpassed that. Uh, exactly. I'm, I, I agree <clears> with you, know, you there, buddy. I agree with you. There. There's like a, you get, they got to turn the volume down, you know, let the people breathe a little, but that's not, Jesus they want to stop the people from They're breathing. rubbing our faces in it, man. Yeah. They, they don't want to let the people breathe. They want to stop us from breathing. That's right. the thing. So that's the, you know, so we, we, we don't, you know, this is, <clears throat> this is the, the way of things. Right. So, um, and you and I can talk offline about, about some, some plans as far as where to go and things. Uh, you know, the text I sent you yesterday. So let's see here. The gay tech is this? Tech. What's that? You want to talk about the gay tech? Yes, the gay tech. We're going to talk about, we, we don't have to live in America. We can live in VR. In <laughs> That's what's going to happen to most Americans if they don't get their selves in orders. They're going to be living in VR. <laughs> IV, feeding tube, catheter, uh, good to go. Just, you know, 
slobbering all over. CJ's going to be a cartel narco lord in Mexico. I just know it. CJ's going to take that that whole market over. He's going to be a warlord in Mexico. That's why it's like I'm urging him to move back to Mexico so he can take over. All right, so good. Are you you hearing me? They're making room. Go for it, cowboy. My my family's background, like you know, we actually left the east. The we we didn't live in New York. We lived in Detroit. Uh, How the hell did Italians wind up in Detroit? Oh, lots of Italians. It's a, there's that's true. That's also Italian. the reason why a lot of Italians somehow wound up in Louisiana of all places, right? Well, wow. Detroit had to do with uh, the uh, car industry, yeah, the auto industry, um, and I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the story. But we left there to get away from organized crime. That's mm-hmm. we our family's not about that. But at the same time, you know, when you're when you so have you don't have an uncle Vinny with a white Mercedes. Uh, ask me no factory? questions, and I'll tell you no lies. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, that that let's just say that branch of my family left to get away from that. OK, yeah. like then, then we have some other branch of the family that stayed. And I'm not saying that they're involved. I'm not saying anything. But what I will say is that when you have that in your background, um, even if it's trying to get away from that, like there. My point here is that why do I feel like I can trust the cartel in Mexico more yes. than I can trust the government in the U.S. Why do Facts. I feel that way? Facts. Like, why do I they feel don't that bother you unless you're in the drug trade? Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. You're not going to find yourself beheaded unless you cross them. Yep. Like, they'll leave you alone, from what I hear. Yeah. We got guys in our Discord that live in Mexico. Like, right. you know, one in particular that talks about it. That's great. You go to the right community, especially with some expats. You know, I speak Spanish. Um, it's not too far away from my family, like, you know, whatever. Right. So that, that's an option. But anyway, it's, I'm just saying, why do I feel like I would be more comfortable under that government than this one? You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, that's, I don't know. Why do I feel that way? But the point is, is I'm still here and that's that. Um, so we're looking at some, the jobless claims, it's just continuing to go up. Um, and it's, it it did hit the expected number here. So the, the data I'm showing you here are, Numbers that came out today, the unemployment claims, 225,000 as expected. But here's the thing about these numbers. The unemployment, a lot of these are so fudged. In fact, I think, CJ, you mentioned that the Philly Fed revised their number up by a million. Was that that an unemployment number that they did that with? CJ's not here. Um, So then we got – no, CJ, I don't think he's hearing us right now. So what's interesting though is I, I was kind of looking edibles. at the, too, yeah, too many edibles. Um, Did you blow up that screen, man? Did you make that screen bigger? This window that you have? Yeah, I'll, I'll zoom that. Yeah, zoom the, the, so what this is is a great tool for anybody who's trading. So look, nickels worth of free advice, McFly. This is called um, Forex Factory. And I'm a Forex trader mm. primarily uh, when crypto is in the toilet, and this when crypto is not volatile. You know, I, I can, which is kind of a funny thing. Crypto is almost always volatile, but Forex has actually become a great market to trade, especially because oh, yeah. Americans don't really have access to crypto futures like they used to, unless you, you know, have workarounds. Uh, but Forex is, uh, is just as volatile, just as fun, and even a little bit less shady than, than crypto. So anybody who's like a trader trader and they haven't looked at Forex yet, I'd say give it a look. But this is an economic calendar. So you can see I use this all the time. <clears throat> And anytime one of these folders lights up red, like uh, for next week, for example, um, this red folder here, where is it? There it is. Mm-hmm. For CHF, that's the Swiss uh, 
Frank. Um, I won't trade this anything related to the Swiss Frank that day at, at that time, 1230 a.m. my time or here, 8 a.m. Uh, FOMC meeting minutes, jolts, job openings, manufacturing, all those red folders. Those are high impact events, right? So yeah. a lot of people that don't know what they're doing will try to trade that. The only time you should ever trade news is if you are the friend of the elites and they tell you what the news is going to be ahead of time. Yeah. That's that's not investment advice. <laughs> it's how I it's how me and every successful forex trader does things that isn't a friend of the elites, right? So, you know, this morning I, I did kind of avoid because the even though it's not a red folder, it's a uh it's an orange folder, unemployment claims. It's a big number at the end of the year. So, I was just watching. Now, the actual is above forecast uh, slightly or below, I mean, forecast. And what it tells you here is that if actual is less than forecast, it's good for the currency. And actual is less than forecast, meaning that the USD will go up, but it wasn't much less. And it's like the post Christmas market and it wasn't a high impact event. So I, I could have stayed in my trade and made more money because I wasn't a great trade, but the, okay, this is interesting, whatever. There's an article about it. Um, but what's interesting is if you look below, I'm going to collapse that. And one notch below that is something really interesting here that I just stumbled upon this morning is natural gas storage. Now, there's an article in Zero Hedge here, right? And it talks about the natural gas storage. We're going to jump to that next. But the, the actual natural gas storage here change in number of cubic feet of natural gas held in underground storage during the past week. So they expected a change of negative, meaning they expected 198 billion less cubic feet of natural gas. And they actually ended up about five, 6% higher than that. They lost five or 6% more than they expected to. So underground storage of natural gas went down. Okay. It's the winter time kind of expected, but again, they, they factor in expected and it was more than expected. And of course we have Russia, Ukraine and all that, but again, they factor in expected. So what's interesting though, is that there is a divergence between the data here and the actual market. And if you are a trader, then you can take advantage of, of divergences, either from a technical standpoint, which is something that the cowboy can teach you um, what a divergence is in a chart, or if you have a data divergence, right? Because usually a data divergence is going to precede a volatile event. To explain that, um, let's say the supply of natural gas is now going down, right? According to the data, if you can believe the data, there's always that trick, right? But this kind of data, it's a low impact event. Not a lot of people paying attention to it. So you have the supply going down. Now, anybody in economics, which is what my degree is in, actually econometrics, you know, calculus-based statistics, whatever. So when supply goes down, price goes up. All right. So let's just say that, uh, you know, a particular candy bar is popular and there's a hundred of them at your supermarket and the supermarket is allowed to change the price. Somebody comes in and like buys a bunch of them, but everybody still wants that candy bar. The supermarket can, if they want to raise the price of that candy bar and still get it because there's a high demand. And when the supply goes down, the demand effectively, effectively will go up. In, in a very and, and it's going to be reflected in the price. And that's why price is the mechanism in markets. And what the central planners try to do is they try to um, completely disable the price mechanism, which is a big, big mistake. And if you listen to Milton Friedman, who really is, he's my brother from another mother, this guy. And Milton Friedman explained it so well that if you just allow the price mechanism 
to do its thing uninhibited, then you'll have the most efficient market you can. <clears throat> and what's interesting, even when I was at university, um, and I was at a, you know, I was at a university that, you know, you would expect to be teaching. I mean, they had what used to be called uh, human sexuality. They've since changed it to like gender theory. You know, it's a university that would, that, that certainly do, does the Did liberal say thing. say he-man sexuality? Yeah, he-man sexuality. No, human. Oh. Human sexuality. Um, yeah, he-man, by the power of gray school. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can go wrong so many ways. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, right. So um, this, what they did teach, and this is a real interesting concept, the most efficient form of price discovery, and we're talking about the price mechanism being the most important thing in an economy to have the most efficient economy. And the most efficient version of that is an auction. So an, an auction is basically, we all know what it is. Somebody has an item, you have a crowd of people who are going to compete against each other to buy it. <clears throat> and this is what markets are. Markets are literally an auction. So if you're trading on markets, there's a bid and ask spread. And that, so the markets themselves, like, you know, the stock market, even Forex, even though you're not really allowed to see um, the bid and ask spread and the, uh, you're not really seeing level two or anything like that, but uh, you're not seeing all the buyers and all the sellers and what they're willing to buy and sell at under any circumstance, it's still an auction. And according to my education at university, which has taught me a good 10 or 15% of what matters in economics, the rest being learned in the real world. Um, amazingly enough, they did say that anytime a third party becomes involved between a buyer and a seller, then you lose efficiency and it's a loss to society. And all these, you know, liberal idiots out there, they're always concerned about the greater good of society, right? Well, economically, a loss to society is having a third party get involved between a buyer and a seller, like the government. So if the liberals are so concerned about society from an economic standpoint, then they should just tell the government to back off, according to that particular law. So there. So there. <clears throat> so again, with divergences. We that that was a philosophical rant. Uh, well, more than philosophical. So divergences, right? You got a decrease in the supply of natural gas. Okay. So according to this article in Zero Hedge that I just flipped to, it says plunging natural gas prices incentivizes power plants to ditch coal. So natural pr gas prices are going down. That's kind of interesting. Um, you know. It has to do with lower 48 temperatures. So yeah, we had the cold snap and then prices kind of snap back. And CJ and I were talking about this kind of before. It's like the weather's like markets. You get an abnormal move in one direction. You're going to get a snap in another direction. <clears throat> so you, you know what, what it is, is you have the, the bullwhip effect from Michael Burry in action. You had a high demand for natural gas because the weather went cold. So all of a sudden now there's a glut in natural gas. And now the demand's going down and the price is going down. And yet we still have a decrease in storage, even though the demand is going down. So that's really interesting. Is the demand really going down or is it just going down for a short-term situation? And that tells me that there's a good chance from a technical standpoint that natural gas may end up going back up. So let's see if we can go ahead and look at the chart for natural gas. I got oil, I got everything but nat gas. Hold on one second. Natural gas. Nat gas futures in G. All right, so go on this uh, natural gas and NYMEX. 
natural gas futures on the weekly. Interesting. The future should be headed down. Look at this. Is that, I mean, <laughs> look at that. Considering what's going on in the world, considering the concerns in Europe and all the stuff, we have natural gas futures going down. Interesting that, that this should happen. You would think that they would go up. But what's happened is, well, let's think about it. You have Nord Stream 1 blow up. Therefore, there's a, the, the artificial, the demand was artificially curtailed. Now you have natural gas at four to eight times the price being shipped over to Europe from US and elsewhere, right? And that is at like, like say four to eight times the price. So the demand is going to go down because natural gas is like way more expensive than it should be. And they haven't ran out yet in their underground storage in places like Germany, right? So they, they Germany did an underground storage of the natural gas. But the issue is that when it gets really cold, supposedly, and I talked to some people in Germany about this, supposedly they can't really refill those underground storage containers because the adaptation needs to be made to the equipment to actually fill. So you could get liquid natural gas being shipped from wherever, but when it's too cold, it's just going to sit in that boat until it goes to a place that's warmer. So this has created an artificial dump in demand for natural gas in a market where it should be going up hard. So this is just, this is really interesting. They're killing it. It's below 4.5. Uh, back in August, natural gas in the hottest time of the year, it was up to almost $10. So this is some real crazy, like rigging that goes on. And, and you know, and V, this is, we talked about this before. So I want you to chime in if you could, but one thing that, that I, you know, when I was talking to my people, my person, I should say in Germany was that, okay, so they were worried about natural gas. What happened? Well, France has a natural gas pipeline that Germany used to send gas to them. It used to go from Germany to France. So to make up the shortfall in natural gas, whatever they can't use in the underground storage, France has now reversed the flow <clears throat> and is selling natural gas to Germany. So if you're ever looking at a qui bono situation, right? I mean, I've heard a lot of people theorize about who blew up the uh, the pipeline, but France is certainly benefiting having natural gas go through France to Germany in Germany's time of need. And it's, you know, and on top of that, you have speculators who probably have an idea that they didn't get told why <clears throat> natural gas would go down. They didn't say, oh, well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And natural gas is going to go down when everybody thinks it's going to go up. But then something happened and natural gas dumped and they were probably told to go short before the whole thing happened. So I don't know. Does any of that make sense for you? Am I connecting dots that don't exist? CJ, anybody? No, you're, you're making a lot of connections here. I mean, the fact, look, Germany is, is in a pickle. Germany's industrial uh, mechanism, its industrial powerhouse is starting to grind down. It cannot manufacture the way that it's used to being able to manufacture with unreliable energy. It's a big problem. This is the reason why BMW opened up a brand new factory in Mexico, a brand new factory. And they're not building their base end cars. They're building their high end vehicles out there, man. You got, like I said the other time, they have, you have M products that are coming out of there. Um, other German firms are doing the same thing. Siemens is shopping abroad. Mercedes Benz is shopping abroad. Volkswagen is looking at m m other countries for manufacturing. It's a big problem. So um, 
in order to to make the best of the situation, getting LNG prices all of a sudden miraculously coming down. Again, you nailed it. It is rigging, right? It is rigging. They brought it down on purpose just to make it cheap enough for the Germans to buy it off of French pipelines where the French get a transmission fee out of it, man. So it's like a, a den of thieves, and they're all backstabbing each other. It's pretty ugly. Yeah. It's a, another one to look at is wheat. So, and, wheat. and the price, you're looking at 2022. I mean, that gas, I was in the net gas business, like from, uh, you know, with our buddy Nekos since like 2013. Still got a finger in it from here to there, but I, really I exited net gas in probably 2015, 2016 when I exited full time, 2017. So, <clears throat> you know, I have an idea of what's happening in that business. And I do think natural gas is an important part of the future. Um, but holy moly. I mean, all the action this year, 2021, 2022, especially look at 2022 and especially at the invasion right here in uh, the end of January, beginning of February, bam, sucker skyrocketed. And it's just interesting that they should find a way to, to, to kill the price. Yeah. Um, you got wheat. Wheat did the similar thing, uh, you know, wheat, uh, Russia, Ukraine are two of the biggest producers of wheat. So it's only natural the price would go up. It was kind of wheat was something you could ape into just, you know, no offense to the gorilla, but it means like <laughs> ape means you don't know what you're doing and you just do what somebody else does and just swing on. Um, you know, wheat was really interesting to watch this year and it's already all the way back down, it's, you know, back to pre uh, pre invasion levels, pre special operation. Um, the Dixie is really a one to watch. So the DXY is the dollar. It's a, it's compared to a basket of currencies. So the dollar compared to like a combination of the Euro, the, the Japanese yen, I think the loony, the Kiwi, a few others, uh, key currencies, probably the, the, the uh, Swiss franc, but long story short, it's dollar strength compared to other currencies. It doesn't mean the dollar is getting stronger. You probably want to take a look at gold to see if the dollar is actually getting stronger. Um, or other, you know, such items, but compared to other currencies, the dollar is on a freaking tear and it, it maxed out at 115. And I'm going to back out. I'm going to look at a six month view. So each one of these bars is now six months. So com- going back to 1980, com- the dollar was way stronger. Um, and, and it's actually makes these big moves up and then it gets rejected. Now it doesn't mean it's always going to get rejected. And it doesn't mean it's always going to go down. In fact, we might see it continue to go up. But at one point, when uh, Volcker did his thing, uh, Volcker, the uh, Fed chair back in the 1980s, who, uh, you know, Jerome Powell touches himself at night pretending he's Volcker. Um, basically, he, when stagflation hit in the 70s because of basically going off the, you know, going off the, uh, <clears throat> the gold standard and a lot of other factors, the oil embargo, the Middle East, you know, and all that kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, the dollar really, really went up from, let me see, 81 to 160. So it doubled in value compared to other currencies. And then things calmed back down. You had a jump again in the mid to late nineties. I'm not sure what the reason was perhaps the tech boom, because it did, uh, stop, you know, going up around that, that tech boom. And then you have, uh, this move up here, but over time, what you'll notice is that we're actually in a sort of a downtrend in the dollar. Uh, it could be looked at as actually a falling wedge and a falling wedge. Actually those break out bullish. 
So a falling wedge, that's what this looks like. When those break out, the breakout powerful. So we could see the dollar continue to head up as it gobbles up the euro. Um, but what is understood very well by markets is that as the dollar goes up, everything else goes down. And it's been on a tear. But this last month, last three weeks, it's actually come back down a little more to reality. But it's also coming up against an area where it might stop going down. Only time will tell. Uh, the all-seeing algo. That's not the all-seeing algo. Where is it? Let's see, DXY. Mm. Let's go out to a six month. And calculating. There's enough uh, indicators on here that takes a while to calculate. I mean, as of now, it's in a downtrend, um, but it's flattening out. So it's taking too long to calculate. I'll come back to it later, but chances are that, okay, there we go. Yeah, it's it's actually on an uptrend. The dollar is on a strong uptrend on the long term. So I wouldn't expect for this little kind of downtrend to last for too long. In fact, um, until they stop the dollar craziness, then we're probably going to see the dollar <laughs> continuing to head up over time. Um, although I know V and I have been talking about this. And we do have a bit of a clue that we've been talking about this on this show for a long time. Where is it? It's the way that they're not offloading the balance sheet. Okay. So the quantitative tightening that's supposed to be going on yeah, where we're supposed to get, you know, there's actually, and I, I actually went into the feds data and showed everybody like a month ago about how they're not really dropping off. Like the balance sheet is not being wound down. I showed this chart last month and part of quantitative tightening is the Fed <clears throat> owns a bunch of corporate paper or corporate bonds, uh, public, whatever, all kinds of bonds. Um, and one of the things that they're supposed to do is, okay, so the Fed's not directly buying stocks like it does in Japan, like the BOJ does. But what it does do is it supports the bond market. And what's the bond market really? Well, you have your federal bonds, right? And a federal bond is where basically they're selling your children's labor in yeah. the future, right? And then you get money for that. And you give them a certain amount of money. And then by the, you know, after a certain period of time, 10 years, 20 years, depending on the bond, it matures. And then there's corporate paper. Now, corporate paper is, is one of the things I think is the fuse to the next big bomb that blows up the economy is the mm. corporate papers, right? Yep. You got Apple that's had over a trillion dollars in buybacks. And what the, what these companies do is they, through cheap money from the Fed, they issue debt. They basically create bonds. They say, oh, well, you know, buy this, buy $100,000 in bonds from Apple, in corporate bonds, and after a period of time, we'll give you $100,000, right? But then what they do is, in order to honor that, they borrow more money in the future to pay off those bonds as they mature, but the problem is the rates have been going up. So as the rates go up, then it's more expensive to borrow money and to issue those bonds. And they have to pay, you know, they have to they pay uh, yields that, that hurt the company. So it's a Ponzi. And as the rates go up, the Ponzi falls apart. 
and I don't know. I mean, V, do you think they're ready to let the Ponzi fall apart? Or do you think no, more not at all. They need they need the Ponzi now more than ever, right? Because internationally, I need the Ponzi more than ever. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, I, I so, interrupted you with my singing, but no, 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 it's all good. I love your I love your singing. It's it's uh it's amazing. I really enjoy it. I need the Ponzi right now. I need the Ponzi more than ever. Than ever. <laughs> Well, I think the the fact that the, uh, the Fed's balance sheet is not <coughs> offloading any bonds into the market is is a good clue that the Ponzi is not finished. I mean, we no, it's not finished at all, and they need it now more than ever because the simple fact the dollar is falling apart in terms of its usage in trade internationally, it's a big, big problem. So they're keeping the dollar afloat and and pumping and strong as the as the cleanest, dirtiest shirt in the playground, right? And they're also keeping the uh they got to keep the bond sales going you know and, and you cannot offload your balance sheet otherwise the entire thing falls apart the entire ponzi scheme falls apart no get i'm telling you right now 2023 the mother of all pumps is coming the mother of all pumps watch it is that a video that you watch like after 11 o'clock on skinamax do you stop that <laughs> i'm trying to worry that you you know too much about what's going on with me Hey, I say, <laughs> just joking. Say, no, that's it, dude. Okay, so one thing that's interesting that um, I, I don't, Catherine Austin Fitz is, I think she's still underrated. Uh, you know, I, everybody should think about considering listening to her a little bit more. She's a smart lady, uh, and she made a really good point. The petrodollar, we all, we all have heard. You know, we've been talking about. We've been covering this forever. But obviously, mm-hmm. you know, petrodollar is kind of falling apart. There's deals between Saudi and China being made. Oil's being sold for things other than the dollar. And that's only been increasing. These things do take time. They happen really slowly until they don't. So there will be a time when, you know, the petrodollar is no longer the petrodollar. But this still, unless something has changed, like in the last few months, the U.S. is still the largest single exporter of oil in the world. Still, mind you, you know, you combine all the OPEC nations and Russia, then U.S. is not as big as all of those, but the largest single nation. So the U.S. is still important and the U.S. still exerts a lot of power in a lot of oil producing nations, uh, you know, especially here um, on the in the in the Western Hemisphere, you know, so on its neighbors, Venezuela and whatnot. So that is one thing to understand. The petrodollar is not going to just it's going to diminish, but Texas and whoever else the U.S. still controls still is forcing transactions in the petrodollar. So we do have some time yet, uh, you know, before the petrodollar falls apart. It's one thing that, that you know, I, I've got people who have been talking about the collapse for 20 <clears throat> effing years, right? It's, you know, so if you think it's going to happen next year, it, not saying you're wrong. But I think that we have that year or two to, to, to really up our game, to try to put away some, some capital. Um, v, are you still able to, to, to get medals even despite that, large, uh, that yeah. large institution taking 51 tons? You're good on getting medals? Yep. I could okay. get it and deliver it anywhere in the world. So if people need uh, medals, you, know, you want to do an order uh, north of 5K, I can get it done to you. you know? Because it's like... There's a threshold for, for my, a lot because er, my operations are international, right? So, the, like, 
if it's not a certain threshold, it's not worth it for these guys to spend the time and the energy to ship it. You know, there's a cost, especially with shipping costs, the way the way they are and stuff like that. And what we do is when we ship it, we we ship it at a value where the where everything is all in. So you got it's free shipping, right? So if you got anywhere north of five k and whatnot, you need to get medals. You know, get a hold of me. You know, and uh, we'll we'll get it done. We'll, we'll deliver it anywhere in the world. Well, yeah, I can vouch too, it, and, and it's timely, by the way, for because of the the international situation. You know, the the deliveries don't. You're not going to get it tomorrow, but I, I tend to get mine within days. That's yep. what I bought from you. Yep, exactly. Uh, so, and speaking of gold and silver, silver's on a nice little tear um, this year. So, starting from September, this quarter four, it's gone from 17 to 24. That is a 35 percent gain, I think, something like that. 30. Nah, it's like a 30 percent gain. So that's just head math. That's a lovely gain if you're holding silver, $24. Gold is showing a similar spike. So it went from 1600 now up to $1,800. Um, and you talked yesterday about it, so I don't need to ex- expand on what's happening with gold. But what's really fun from a charting standpoint is your... <laughs> so when you start trading, a lot of people do what's called pattern trading. And they look for these patterns. Um, and the patterns are kind of like for newbies, a lot of the time, they don't always play out. Um, but this is a big giant cup and handle. I mean, it's not quite perfect because um, this top of this handle up here is much higher than a cup. But we'll go ahead and play with the cup and handle. Um, you know, I, I, any type of trading is going to fail, like from time to time. Like nothing always plays out, no matter how good. Even your your head and shoulders pattern has like, depending on your asset, roughly an 80 five percent you know success rate which is killer if you can find it they just don't happen that often um but this is your cup and handle now the handle is raised but i just my own little theory here is that uh it might actually not be done handle might go a little bit deeper because we've seen this dump right here and what do we also know about the market well we know that gold and silver are suppressed so let's just say that you know this handle here might be raised up because it was distorted, heavily distorted market. We've talked enough about how the market is distorted. The London, uh, the London fix, the COMEX suppressing prices, um, you know, selling more silver and gold on a daily basis than exists in the world, um, you know, because it's paper markets, right? So let's just say that the distortion has kind of messed up this cup and handle from a charting standpoint, but there's a couple things to look at. How high could gold go just based on a cup and handle and pretending this is, that this cup and handle were proper, right? So we'll just kind of pull one of these, um, more or less, right? So we're, we're doing some, <laughs> some leaps here, but just as a little fun, we'll go from the bottom of the cup <clears throat> to the top of the cup and just a, a, a measured move, one-to-one would take it to about 3,800. And a popular place for these things to go is the 1.618. And we'll go ahead and add that in. Oh, it's okay. It's down there. So negative 1.618. Negative 1.618. And that negative 1.618. has gold going all the way to 3,300. Mind you, if the market has been artificially suppressed, 
that you really can't necessarily trust any kind of charting or anything anyway. But if you were 3000 and these things shoot up hard, right? So this last bit where this price got kind of pushed down like that, look, when wars break out and, you know, we can call, we can try to be Putin's buddy and we can call Ukraine a special military operation, but let's face it. It's the beginning of a war, you know, it's just what it is, whether that war is asymmetrical or economic or whatever, it's pretty much a war. And this type of move where you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven candles with no interruption, that's a very hard impulse down. Seven candles yeah. in a row in the same direction, it happens. And when it seven does happen, you- candles in a row with Molly Ringwald, um, that, that you'll expect to move back up. But that, that right there, that looks to me like artificial suppression. I mean, just oh, without a doubt, candles. man. Look at that. From uh, Friday, so let's just say from April to October, we'll go to the weekly chart. Yeah, that's a, that's a nasty roll down. Um, your your retracements on this are going to be like. Yeah, really shallow. Minimum retracement, 382. So you're, you're, you have a hard impulse down, and then you retrace only to the to the 382. That means it's a strong move, right? And you're probably going to see the same thing here. It's a great way to make money is to play 382s on a hard move down, by the way. It's a whole system there. One of my Italian brethren uses. Um, this one here went all the way to the 618 but still extended down. So you, the, the smaller the retracement, the more powerful the move. So that was a nasty move down. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. It, it kind of go down in the short term, but I don't know. I mean, V, does the comics have any gold left in the vault that they have access to? Do they have allocations? No, that it's all, it's all been pledged. It's all been pledged. They, they, they use uh, pooled accounts within the comics vault itself. So 3000 uh, individuals and, and or entities will have, the same um, uh, right of ownership to the same ounce of gold. It's terrible. Oh, that's worse than uh, that's worse than MF Global. That was like five to one. Oh, MF exactly. This is this is I mean, dude. It's bad. I mean, I'm exaggerating about the three three thousand, but you know. But the point of the matter is, it's it's alloc it's allocated, but not segregated. It's an allocated pooled account that the Comex does its deliveries with. I mean, they have that, and and then their backup. A lackey that 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 makes up for the lack thereof if they have any shortfalls is the one and only delaware depository which if you're holding metals there good luck to you so essentially i think did i i think i explained rehypothecation the last show so this seems like another rehypothecation like the whatever gold is left in any of these vaults or any of these partner vaults is going to be claimed by multiple people the music dies it's gonna be a big effing problem gold's gonna gold's gonna look i mean just to keep it in simple terms right so mf global was ran by a guy named john corzine it's obama's buddy and this was back in i don't know when was it uh 10 years ago something Mm -hmm. 15 years ago uh well obama was in so whatever right it was in that era and what they found was that they had it was a perfect game though mf global just yeah mother yeah, so they <laughs> MF the globe. Right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, would you invest in a company called MF Global? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Yeah, Gerald <laughs> Salente, who got screwed over in that deal. 
I remember Salente oh, yeah. losing his. Oh, yeah. I like Salente. Yeah, he was losing his crap. He was like, MF Global is right. <laughs> MF <laughs> is right. <laughs> That's like the MFTHR gym. The, the MFTHR gene, it's, uh, it, it causes center line deformities in fetus. And, uh, you know, so the, before uh, Mrs. Cowboy and I decided to have our baby, we actually uh, took choline for two years, which you can find in egg yolk. And choline turns off the MFTHR uh, gene. Um, and then you, and not everybody has it, but a lot of people do. And some people have like a double version of it. And then that will allow you to absorb folate. So, and women who don't have enough folate end up with uh, children who have centerline deformities, which I was actually born with one of those myself. So, you, you know, we went ahead and, and hit that one hard. So I was telling my dad this whole story and he says, what's that gene? I said, the MFTHR gene. I said, I call it the motherfucker gene. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long story, but that's a yeah. good one. Um, so Corzine, to keep that story short, sold the same brick of gold to five people. Yeah. Is what he did. So he, and I don't think it's legal. I mean, basically he he did illegal rehypothecation fractional reserve trading. Like yeah. in, in America, wanted, it's legal so long as you have the reserves to cover it. He didn't have the reserves to cover it, which he shouldn't have the reserves because if you're selling somebody a, a gold, it should be their gold, period. Yeah, that's uh, I got family in that business who are bigger than MF Global, and you know they haven't had that problem. Right. <laughs> they've been able to to cover their, you know, uh, they've been able to cover. So you know that's that. Um, so, but here's the thing. So think about it this way: gold's now worth eighteen hundred dollars, right? So let's just say that the Comex and the allocation of gold is to ten people for one uh, one kilo. Let's just say, right? Okay, so that means the price is worth like 10 times what it is right now from a very simple mathematical standpoint. I'm sure that the factors are far more complex, but, you know, that's just a one way to calculate what it should be worth. Right. Yeah. You know, and what does the Shanghai exchange do? They, they do like 100 times as much as the as the COMEX does in, in physical yeah, they, delivery. They, they do a lot more uh, in volume than the COMEX does. But the problem with the Shanghai exchange is like the problem with mainland China, you can't take gold out. So you can trade oh, there, yeah, they, but you can't take the physical metal out. So it's locked. Yeah, in. They, so that's that's that that's uh, the bit. that will change eventually. Uh, but you you the strategy they're using for that is they're going to use gold to crush the dollar. That's how they're going to kill it. And the, and the well, U.S. Cool. knows this, and there's nothing they could do about it. Their 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 whole thing is is to sell, is to sell the market is America's thing right now is to keep the perception going that it's the largest, most powerful economy in the world. That's it. It's a PR game at this point. It's a PR game when it comes to the economics of this country. It's a PR game when it comes to the military of this country. So they keep those two things going. They will, you know, their, their last-ditch effort is to, you know, maintain world currency long enough for them to take all of the, you know, all the wealth out of the system before the whole thing comes apart because, People are onto it now. Now, there's so many countries that have woken up to the fact that the U.S. is bullshit. There's, they're not the largest economy in the world, not by a long shot. And, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, a lot of Americans would say that Russia is a country is a gas station masquerading as a country. United States is a is a two to four trillion dollar economy masquerading as a thirty trillion dollar economy. Okay, well, yeah, that's they the just real deal, Holyfield. They want to repeat what McCain said. One hundred percent. So. You know, so that, right now it's a perception game. So that's what the U.S. is doing, perception game. But 
you know, the difference is U.S. is playing a perception game. The multipolar world is playing a reality game. We'll see who wins. Well, here's the so again, numbers, right? I know CJ said this really well. Like when things fall apart, the dollar isn't going to matter. It's more about what things are worth and what they'll be like willing to trade for those things. And that's how they'll be valued. So will it be done with crypto? Will it be done with metals? Who knows? Um, but think about it this way. Gold is what, a $10 trillion market? 11. Huh? 11. Well, okay, there you go. So it is orders of magnitude smaller than like, say the you know financial market derivatives. I mean, you're talking about quadrillions oh, yeah. of dollars. Mm-hmm. So now, mind you, when everything blows up, the dollar is not going to be worth what it is right now. Let's just say the dollar is worth one-tenth of what it is. So if you have quadrillions, now you're down to, let's just say there's a four quadrillion dollars in derivatives, right? Now that all gets wound down and everything. And you're left with still, you know, I don't know, a hundred trillion, yeah. you know, and, in, in, you know, value of currency in the world or whatever it is. Well, if gold and this is rough numbers and this is not investment advice. So this is just spitballing on the back of a napkin. I'm just giving you guys, giving everybody an idea of how gold could be revalued. So if you have a hundred trillion dollar currency market after everything blows up and gets wound down, gold would need to be 10 times bigger than it is in order to cover that. If gold were to be the standard. Yep. So, you know, I mean, the 10 X in gold is just mathematically, you know, uh, conceivable. We use the term conceivable, right? Very. So that's, uh, I mean, those are, and that's math. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure there, there are economists that would say, yeah, that's not unreasonable. It might be 20, it might be five, it might be two, it might be 40, but you know, I, 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 not investment advice, but you know, if you can get your hands on gold, then it's probably something that you might not be able to do for that long. I mean, the the biggest problem that Americans are going to be facing right now is getting hold of physical inventory. Physical inventory is going to be, it's getting harder and harder to get. I mean, most people that I talk to, they're 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 being waitlisted left and right. You know, they're like, hey, can you get me this? I'm like, yeah, we can deliver. Just give me about a week. Give me about seven to ten business days. I'll have it in your front door. Um, a lot of places, man, they're running low. You know, what are premiums like low. right now? Like an ounce of silver. Premium is depends, through but... premiums through the roof, man. Premiums to the roof. I'll See, tell you right you now. Like the price is something. Look at the premium. That's like closer let, to the real price. Let me. Yeah, exactly. Let me show you exactly. Um, let's go with my favorite silver, which is a silver maple. That's my favorite. That's silver my favorite. Coin. My favorite yeah, first. Love it. Yep. Same. It's actually full 100% silver versus the American Silver Eagle, which is like not even pure silver. Okay. So uh, I'm so on. Check uh, this out. So the spot on silver. Uh, let me pull out what the London spot is. Twenty four twelve on Monex. Yeah, twenty four what? Twenty four twelve on Monex. For what? For one coin? For a, yeah, but that's price. like spot. That's not you know. So if I go to Maple Leaves, Silver Canadian Maple Leaves. And again, it's, spots twenty four twelve. Bid bids twenty eight forty. Ask mm-hmm. is thirty for, bucks. For how much? For how many coins? For one ounce. Yeah, that's the thing. You, then, you, then you try to do an order with Monax, they only have like 300, you know? So it's like, it's it, it depends on how much you're going to be doing it for. They'll cut you a deal or they'll tell you to, you know, call the shop or something like that. I've had that happen with Monax before. Uh, right now, I'll tell you right now what the, what the market is I'm going for sure right now. I'm not sure if that includes premium, though. That's the thing. No, I, know, I think uh, it does. It's like for anywhere from four to six bucks, but you're not going to get, you're not going to get a kilo of it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Exactly. Monex might be able to. I, I've, you know, I've, I've they've oh, been able shit. to, you know, they, they don't, let's just say that if I, <laughs> let's just say that there are coins that I've wanted that have not been available at any retailer lately. Yeah. We'll just put it that I don't want to call out Monex because, you know, I don't know what there's, what it looks like right now, but. All right. So, and the, right now the London spot is, uh, Right now, we're looking at twenty three ninety eight London spot. Um, now, market price. If you're going to get anywhere from one coin to let's say twenty five coins or so, you're looking at anywhere paying between thirty one to thirty three is what you're looking at. Yeah, that's the range. That's not that far off. Yeah, that's a dollar or two more than than at Monix. Yeah. yeah, and that is if they have it in stock. That that goes for yeah, the, well, the yeah. price that I quoted from, for any vendor if they have it in stock, and you, you know that's the that's the that's the uh, that's the whole thing, man. If they have it in stock, it's a, it's a delivery and physical uh, inventory is a big thing. Like I, I like right now. Let me see if it, let me see if I can do this. Oh, let me do a little exercise here. Right. Oh, it looks like we've gone well over time. Um... We'll do this. I'm gonna look at S&P really quick, see if there's anything I can talk about. Otherwise, we probably have to end the show. Yeah, I will do it next time. Anyway, Cowboy, anything else you want to show us? Uh, yeah, just I'm looking at, and I did this a couple shows ago, but I think the SP 500. I think 32 is the next place it could fall to. I don't know that it's going to do it that quickly. Um, part of the problem is uh, uh, right now in the short term, it actually has some lift. So I don't know how long that short term lift is going to last, but I did have 32 as a decent place for things to fall. So I don't think, I don't think we're done with uh, watching the market fall yet. Um, Absolutely. Man. That just, I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, I think 32 is reasonable, but we can get into that in another show. You know, we've, we've gone well over, I'll do a little more research and have that ready. Yep. Sounds good. Folks. He is the cowboy. I'm the gorilla and El Cuco is, uh, he had to drop out. He had to, he had a hard stop at 12. Anyway, folks, we'll be back tomorrow with Vela's. Vela's will be on tomorrow, 11 a.m. Be there or be square. And, again, you can find Cowboy lurking in the Discord. If you need to get into the Discord, just email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com. And with that being said, we're over and out. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone.